Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast episode 62. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and a super warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you? I have just come back from two weeks away in the States, having attended two different conferences. The first one was the Kajabi Summit, Kajabi Impact Summit, sorry. And that was a three-day event in Irvine in California and it was run by Kajabi and they used their customers as speakers but boy did they have the best customers like when if I was to write a dream list of people I would want to watch on a stage they probably had the same list it was amazing so much so I decided to write a blog post about the summit and how good it was. And I reviewed briefly the speakers and also uh, wrote kind of what was their key takeaway or their key point and their learnings. So if you do want to go and have a look at that, I'm going to hook that up in the show notes for today because I never write blog posts or I rarely write them because I don't like writing, as you well know, hence why I have a podcast. But I was so compelled because it was so good and I knew I wouldn't be home for a few weeks and I knew I wouldn't have an available episode for quite a few weeks. So therefore, decided to write this blog post, got that out there within about a week, which I was really pleased about, although it did take me ages to write, I will admit. But it was a great conference, really, really good. And Kajabi have basically won me over. They are a great program. They have some amazing facilities in their platform. And I am slowly learning more about it so that I can potentially put my stuff on Kajabi. So that's exciting. Just a bit more work to do. And then the second conference I attended was actually a private event, which was because I am part of James Wedmore's Business by Design Next Level coaching program. And he puts on a couple of events a year for those people. So there's literally about 80, 90 people in the room, all his coaches. He's on the stage in front. 
there there was a speaker actually, but there isn't normally because the event is really, to be honest, a coaching program rather than a conference where you sit and listen to speakers. So the idea is he tailors the individual events to the people that are in the, in the room. He gets to do, or he asks people for hot seats. He goes through particular problems. It really is an opportunity for you to have almost a one-to-one work with James and his team. So that was a really good event. It's They're all really full on and very long days. So the Kajabi conference, they started, well, we actually got there at about 7 a.m. to get a good seat. I know, such a geek. But as I like to talk about, and funny enough, I talk about in today's podcast, front and center is always where you'll spot me at a conference because you want to be right there in front of those speakers. And I like people that are front and center when I'm speaking and I see those faces. So I've always used it as a tool myself. But anyway, so they were they started at like 7 a.m. and they went on till some of the nights till about 8 or 9 p.m. So those were really long days, short breaks. And then the conference for James Wedmore, his event, again, that started at sort of 8.30 and went through to 7.30. So long, long days. They know how to do it. It just is so packed full of amazing stuff. So I've come away from that head full of cool stuff. Now need to kind of climatize back into the UK I've done a lot of traveling these first three months or these last three months, I should say, because we're in the fourth month. And I'm really now looking forward to settling down a bit and getting some actual work done. What was great is during my time in the States, I was able to really clarify on my offer in terms of what I want to offer people to work with me. Because I do the podcast every week, which I love. I say that every week, but I do love it. And I love getting your messages. So thank you for that. And I've had some ones recently, which have been just super lovely. But I love getting your messages and I love uh, doing the podcast. However, people want to work with me, which is amazing. And I'd love to work more closely with people. So I'm putting together a structure of how you can work with me. And there's going to be different levels and different price points. So look out for this. It's going to be coming. And I don't want to be salesy about it. Now, I've decided that I'm rebelling a little bit against some of the marketing strategies that I teach, which sounds completely ridiculous. It's not. Bear with me. So you know how I've just started doing my email and I'm emailing you all if you're on my list every single week. And it's a very personal email from me to you guys. And I'm writing it. I'm trying to add value. But I was thinking about this when I was coming up with subject lines for these emails. And previously, I would do subject lines that have your name in it. So it might say, hey, Teresa, hello from California, or something like that in the actual subject line. And then I thought to myself, if I was writing an email to a friend or to a client or to a colleague, would I write their name in the email subject line? No, I don't think I would. Would you? I don't I don't think I've ever done that. So why is it in marketing we think putting that name there is going to attract us to open the email? Now, I can argue why that would work, but in my quest to be as authentic as possible and because I get tired of trying to be sold to in a really sleazy, salesy marketing way, that I want to kind of do this in a much more positive and less sleazy manner, that I was looking at some of these marketing tools thinking, actually, that's interesting that I would do that previously, but I would never do that to a friend or a client. So that's the way I'm trying to treat everybody. That's the way I'm trying to put my message and my marketing across now so that I can do it as if I was talking to my friends, because that's what I see you as. 
all you lovely people that listen to the podcast, that interact with me, that get my emails and respond to me, which is amazing. I see you as friends and people I want to work with. And therefore, I don't want to treat you like I'm sending you some sleazy sales message. So I just wanted to get that out there and just let you know where we were and what I was thinking. So anyway, like I said, great few weeks, done loads of conferences, head's about to burst, but I am so glad I've got the next few months, I think, just about at home. I am speaking at a couple of UK events, uh, one tomorrow, one next week in London, but most of them I'm either going to go up and down in the day or maybe just one overnight. But hopefully my case is going to be well stored at least for a few months, which is kind of nice because I can get on with some work. So anyway, on with today's podcast episode, and it's going to be a really good one. I am interviewing my very lovely friend, Jen Lehner. Now, I have a great story to tell you about how I met Jen, which we do talk about on the interview as well, but I need to give you kind of the overview of this story. About four years ago, I decided that I wanted to look at getting a VA or an assistant or someone to come work in the business and help me in the business. Didn't have the faintest idea where to start. So I decided to Google, as you do, what did we do before Google? I don't know. But I decided to Google, how do I bring on a VA? What's the process? And I found this lady who at the time, I didn't really pay a huge amount of attention to who she was. I was really just looking at the content she was providing. And she did a free download of a process or advice or tips. I can't even remember what it was now, but I know there was a video and I know there was some content and I'm sure it was for free at the time. And I downloaded it and I watched it and I read it and it was really useful and it helped me understand what I would need a VA for and also how to recruit a VA. Now, I then went on to find a VA and Katie, who's worked with me for four years, I think, about four years, came onto the business. And that was it. I forgot then about this woman because obviously I'd done the purpose and thing I was meant to do, which was to bring on someone in the business. Now, I guess probably six months later, I went to Social Media Marketing World, first time I'd attended, and I was sat front and centre for Amy Porterfield. And this lady came and sat by me. I'm sure it was Amy Porterfield. Anyway, this lady came and sat by me and we just hit it off. You know, you start talking. She was lovely, really liked her. We had a bit of a laugh and chatted. We talked about the fact that we always sit front and center for events and that, you know, that's the place to be because obviously you want them to see you and you to see them and that sort of thing. So anyway, I had met her at this one event at Social Media Marketing World. The other thing I need to mention, if you haven't been there, it's a huge event. There's like 4,000 people at this event. And when one speaker's on, there's probably about, well, now you're talking anything up to like 10 to 15 speakers on at once. So the chances of them coming across someone again during that event is slim to none. Anyway, I go into another session later on in the day. I go front and center and who should I meet again? But this lovely Jen and this lovely lady. And we sat chatting again. Anyway, later on that evening, I went to my room and I thought, oh, I'll just have a look who I met today and I will go and find them on social media and connect with them, which is something I try and do when I see people at a conference. So I go on to Jen's profile on social media and instantly recognize her photo. 
and realize that she's the person whose free download I had downloaded six months before. So how odd that literally I had done this download and then suddenly we're sat next to each other at this event, not once, but twice. So the next day I go back to the event and I go into another session and lo and behold, again, Jen and I are in the same session. And I said to her, oh my God, Jen, you won't believe it. I've actually downloaded something of yours, which I just thought was so cool because if you're putting content out online to meet someone and for someone then to say, I've had your stuff or listened to your podcast or whatever it might be is really cool, I have to say. So Jen and I were just like, that's hilarious. Now, Jen at that event coined the, well, the fact that I am now called by some people in some places, the British Amy Porterfield, because Jen and I sat in a session that was how to become a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. And she said to me, oh my God, Teresa, you're like the British Amy Porterfield. Like we have the same colour hair and, and some similar characteristics. And she was like, that's amazing. So anyway, a whole year later, I'm going back to Social Media Marketing World. Again, huge event, four or 5,000 people. I'm walking into the event and I don't think I'd really had much to do with Jen in that year. I'm walking into the event and someone shouts, hey, British Amy Porterfield. I nearly did an American accent then, glad I didn't. And I turned around and there was Jen absolutely howling like, I don't know what's best. That first off, uh, she shouted it or second that I actually turned around as if I knew it was me. So anyway, bit of a long story, but it was so cool. And it was almost like the universe was saying to us, you two need to be friends. I'm going to keep chucking you into the same place. And then since then, I've met Jen a few different times at different conferences and we now are good friends and I love seeing her. So to get her on the podcast is a real treat. The other thing that I've brought her on the podcast for, which is kind of brilliant, is I've got her to talk about bringing on a VA. Now, I don't know whether you've ever thought about bringing on a VA. I don't know whether you've ever thought about expanding the business, whether it terrifies you, whether you think you can't afford it, whether you think you can't be bothered with the hassle of training someone. But we're going to address all these things today. And she's going to talk you through how she successfully has brought on VAs to her business, how obviously she's helped me bring on a VA in my business so now the team has grown way more than that one VA I initially got and how basically I would put down a lot of my growth to the fact of the size of the team that I've been bringing on. So it's a really, really good one today and there's lots of good tips and information in there for you. So I hope this is going to be fab. Now, before I jump into the interview, let me tell you a little bit more about Jen. So Jen is a digital marketing strategist. She's a professor of digital marketing at Cleveland State University. She's a podcaster and author of a brand new book called How to Create Alexa Flash Briefings. She's a contributor for Social Media Examiner and her online community, The Front Row, was recently featured in Fast Company magazine as one of the top 12 Facebook groups to join before quitting your day job. Jen lives in Shaker Heights in Ohio with her husband and three beautiful children and her 15-year-old golden retriever. I know you're going to love her because she's such a nice lady. She also has so much cool stuff for you to go and look at. Lots of free content out there. So I've hooked up to all that in the show notes. So please go and check that out. But I know you're going to love today's interview. So here it is. So I am so excited today to welcome my very dear friend, Jen, to the podcast. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Teresa. It's so good to be here. 
Uh, do you know what? I am so pleased to have you on. Now, I have told the story in the intro, but let me just recap slightly. So Jen and I met three years ago at Social Media Marketing World. And what's really hilarious, well, there's a few hilarious things about how Jen and I met. The universe definitely wanted us to meet. So the first thing is that I had downloaded something of Jen's before I'd even met her. And when I sat in Social Media Marketing World on the front row, which is another funny story, but on the front row with this lady, met her, thought, you're ace, got her details, went back to my room that evening and thought, oh, I'll find Jen online, found her and thought, I know you. And it was because I had downloaded a lead magnet of hers already, which when you think about it is craziness. Like the amount of content there is in the world, the amount of people there are in the world. And I happen to find your one thing and then sit next to you at Social Marketing World, but not just once. It was like three occasions, was it? It was. It was Amy's, Pat's. I think, Pat, you were in front of me. And then it was the um, how to become a speaker at Social Marketing World. So the other cool thing about the fact that we're on front row is that Jen has her whole branding and her whole business around being the front row entrepreneur and being someone who sits on the front row. Because Jen and I come from the same school. If you go to a conference, you sit front and center, like you get eye contact with those people on stage. And and it kind of just proves that you're, you're all in, aren't you? You're kind of like there at the front, ready to learn, ready to go. So it was such a cool meeting and we've met lots of times since, and we got to spend a whole few days together at the Kajabi Impact Summit, which is great. And anyway, we've talked about getting Jen on the podcast for ages and I'm so glad you are on. So Thank you for coming on. Are you kidding me? Thank you. This is so (laughs) exciting. Oh, it's going to be cool. So before we get into the topic, let's just, for my audience, can you give us a brief overview of who you are and how you got to do what you do now? Sure. So I'm a digital marketing strategist and I just, I just love all things marketing. I always have ever since I was a little kid. I do think some people are just born as entrepreneurs or marketers. Um, and, and so I got into what I'm doing now. I think I, I, was a, I was in marketing in the corporate world for years and years. And then when my first child was born, I took a break, stayed home with the kids. And uh, when it was time to think about going back to work, doing marketing like just seemed like the logical thing to do, but I just didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. So I sort of did and offered everything. And I did local consulting. And I was uh, really surprised that, you know, it's, it's like anything that you're good at. I think that we take it for granted because it comes easy to us that we assume that it, that it's also comes easy to other people. And I was really surprised at the things people would pay for, frankly. So, uh, so it was, it was an exciting time. And, uh, and pretty soon um, word spread that I, Uh, knew what I was doing with digital marketing, which is kind of funny because I was actually only ever one step ahead of the client, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I was learning too. But anyway, word got out and my, my roster got booked really quickly. And then, um, and then I realized I was never seeing my family or my kids. And I thought, well, this is not exactly what I was going for. Uh, And that's when I started doing uh, online courses and I took everything online and I've been doing that for, oh, about five years now. And uh, I haven't looked back. It's been amazing. That is amazing. So you have no clients. I have, yeah, I have a, I have a not always, I'm always working with at least one or one nonprofit. Uh, I've got two right now that I just do sort of pro bono. And yeah, no, I have no done for you clients. 
That is awesome. That's so cool. And it's so funny because actually I think there's so much of our story that probably goes back and resonates because of the fact of, you know, like you, I'm I'm born to be a marketer, literally, you know, it's the only thing I've ever done. It's the thing I've done that I love and it doesn't ever get tiresome. It never, don't get me wrong, like everybody, I think we all have hard days and frustrating days, but I never look at what I do and think this is dull or boring. I literally am just, every day there's something cool and exciting. And what's really amazing about you, Jen, is that you, you seem to be like at the forefront of everything. And you, I don't know how you manage this. I don't know how you manage your time in terms of, so, you know, I've got to mention that when we talked about what Gemma's was going to come on to talk about today, one of the things we were going to discuss was Alexa flash briefings. I apologize if she's in the room, I've just set her off. Um, but we were going to talk about it because Jen has her own Alexa Flash briefing. She uh, has been doing it for a while, but you seem to just be at the forefront of like the latest and greatest thing all the time. And is that not a bit exhausting sometimes? Uh, it's probably more exhausting for my people than it is, <laughs> than it is for me and like my husband uh, and my good friends. Like I remember when Periscope first hit the scene and I... I no, it was Meerkat before it was Periscope. It yeah. was the first like live streaming, and I, I almost had a heart attack. I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." And I remember I went to uh, a dinner with some friends that night, and uh, I was, you know, and I, you know, I, I'm, I have manners. I don't bring my phone out at the table. Yeah, like yeah. I know not to do that. But on this particular evening, I was like, "You guys, you have to see this. You have to understand what this means. Like, do you understand?" <laughs> and I, I brought up my phone and I showed them, and they their faces were just blank. Like, what are you, this, you know, like Jen's gone off the deep end again. Um, (laughs) And so, um, so no, it's not exhausting for me at all. And, and I, that, I mean, like you said, like it's, it's never dull and things are changing so, so much so fast. This is just intrinsically interesting to me. I mean, I have a visceral reaction to, to the new stuff, like the, the new, the new stuff. I can't wait to wake up every morning and see what's changed. And then I want to learn it. And if it's good, I want to share it. Like I don't share all the things, you know, I just, the things really that I think are going to help people move the needle forward. And actually in terms of what we're going to talk about today, I think this fits in really well because to do all the stuff you've got to do, and we've just talked about, so you have a podcast as well. You have your flash briefings, you have a community, you have courses that you sell online, you have content that you put blogs out. And I think you were the fastest blog producer after that Kajabi summit. Honestly, I was like, you are kidding me. You must've been on the plane writing that on your way back. We, you were, I thought you were. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Like I, that was a, that was four hours put to good use. That's for sure. Yeah. So by the time I landed, it was done and published. Brilliant. So. That is unbelievable. But so one of the things that must've helped you or must still help you now in terms of managing your time is using that effectively by working out what you need to do and then getting other people to help you in areas that they can help you. So the thing, the download that I got off Jen all those years ago, when we worked out, we think it's about three, four years ago, was I was looking to bring on my first virtual assistant. And since then, the team is now six people and they're all over the world and they all do different things and it's ace. But I was petrified. I don't mind telling you. And I think this is a a big 
common thing, but I was really scared. I was thinking, what if I can't afford them? What if this is waste time? What if I don't know what to do with them? And I just wanted to go online and just get a bit of help about heat. How do I even get started? And it was your lead magnet that I downloaded that said, you know, how to get started hiring a virtual assistant, which was great. And it really helped. And I did bring on my virtual assistant and I've never looked back. And this is what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how you can look at, or I guess the the point is most people think I can't afford a virtual assistant. And the reason they think they can't afford one is because they haven't got one. And actually you can't afford almost not to have one because you're spending your time doing stuff that you really shouldn't be doing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to look at bringing on that virtual assistant, what they can do, why you should do it, and maybe the process. So Jen, just quickly then, in your experience, is that the stuff that you've dealt with, that people are sat there thinking, I can't afford this. I, this isn't going to work for me. Yeah, that's the number one thing. I was the same way, right? Like it was like, you, you get stuck in this cycle where you just think, oh, I just, if I just had help that I could get out of like doing all this, these small tasks and get to the stuff that's going to bring in the revenue. Mm. However, you're never going to get to the place where you have the funds to hire the person if you don't stop, stop doing those tasks that aren't making you any money. And uh, thank goodness. I mean, I was only two years into my business when this dawned on me and I was able to uh, switch course. And then as soon as I did, the results were so tremendous. That, that was soon after when I created that lead magnet. And I was like, oh, I got to share this with the rest yeah. of the world because they people have to know not only that this is just imperative for scaling, and it's going to make you so much happier, but also it's so much more doable and possible than anybody thinks. Like when I hired my first VA, I was not profitable. Um, I was, I was just keeping things going. Really, I mean, yeah. I was bringing in enough to cover because those of us in the online world, like the online space, we have an enormous overhead, right? Like mm-hmm. the, all the software, all the tools, the Facebook ads, the you know this stuff really adds up. And if you're going to go to conferences and all these other things, I mean, like. The, it, the bill adds up really quickly. So, you know, so I know there's a lot of people who are just not only maybe not even uh, taking care of those expenses, maybe going into debt, right? And um, that's actually the time when it's time to bring somebody on. Yeah, which seems so counterintuitive. Yeah. Because those does. are the times where you're going to go, but I can't afford to bring someone on. So let right, me earn money and then I will. <laughs> Exactly. And it just, it just, it never happens. But so here's the thing, like if you, if you just, if you just take a piece of paper and you write out the tasks that you do every day, and if you find that you've done things like um, you've created images in Canva and you have done a nice new email template and you have, you've drafted a bunch of emails and you've scheduled them and you've uh, created a Facebook ad, you know, and on and on, right? Like you look at all those things and then you ask yourself, Hmm. Am I the only one that can do these things? Are and are these things bringing in any money? And and if I were to outsource it, how much would it cost? So the the bottom line is that the most of those tasks you can pay someone as little as four U.S. dollars an hour for someone else to do and do very very well. Meanwhile, instead of you doing the four dollar hour tasks, if you were to spend that same afternoon writing a webinar, like with your brilliant mind, like your expertise, you are Mm -hmm. the subject matter expert. So let's say you use that time to write a really excellent webinar or to go after a joint venture opportunity 
or several, or pick up the phone and find some new clients to get that speaking gig. Those are $10,000 an hour tasks, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're potentially the hour that you spent writing that webinar is going to pay off exponentially, but you Mm -hmm. can't do that if you're bogged down in all these little, these little hourly tasks, but we make ourselves feel like that's important. Like that, like, like at the end of the day, well, I got a whole bunch of stuff done. Yeah. But for what? Exactly. And you, you and I will both, I'm sure have experienced this where you literally have sat all day. And I don't mean nine till five. I mean, seven till (laughs) 9 PM Uh barring toilet breaks, drink breaks and something to eat. You've sat there for the entire day and you have literally not stopped, but yet you get to the end of it and you think, what exactly have I spent my time doing? Or was that really worth all of those hours? And and you can't grow the business while you're trying to do that. And I think for me, the crucial bit is that it's putting the emphasis on you. What is the most beneficial thing for you to do? So where can you either A, make more money or add that value? So for instance, I still do have clients and I wouldn't give sort of client management off to one of the team because they come in because of me. So I know I have to do that. Don't get me wrong. I would on occasions like to give that up, and but that's not a possible at the moment. Whereas obviously, in fact, I have a VA. I start, the VA I took on after reading your lead magnet was a UK VA and she turned into something completely different. So it was interesting as my business grew, she grew with me and she is now almost well, she's number two in the business. She literally oversees it with me. She's the one who helps me drive it forward. So that's really nice that she's grown into that. And I have since then bought in another VA. And I know my VA will be listening to this because one of the jobs or the main job she does for me is the podcast. Because like you said, it was this same process every single week. And I was spending hours on it, you know, hours putting together the Canva images, you know, doing the transcript, putting together the, the posts that needed to go out, plugging it into Wave to turn it into a video. And it was the same process over and over and over and over again. And it didn't need me to do it. And it was taking up so much of my time where actually the bit you need me to do is to record the podcast. And I'm not even great at doing that on time. They're going to get this like really quick and they're going to have to turn it right really quick. Um, but so, And she's amazing and she's wonderful. And it's just been the biggest relief for me to know that I don't have to, to, to do those things and that I can then focus on doing the, the production as in re- literally recording the podcast or I wrote a blog post for the first time about that Kajabi Summit because it was so good. It was a great event, wasn't it? It was amazing. But Teresa, I got to hit on two things that you just, yeah. two things that I don't want to, I don't want us to not talk about that you just sparked. Um, so one is you talked about the, the VA that, that you found after you, had downloaded my, my lead magnet is, is, is now elevated to practically partner in, in your, in your company. I remember you actually made a huge impression on me when we first met, because you told me that you invited this VA, you were going to pay her ticket from UK to Mm. social media marketing world. And, and the following year, like you, you Mm. said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to bring her. Uh, I think it's the same person, but Mm. whether it is or it isn't, I remember Mm. thinking like that, that's exactly what I'm talking about is that, uh, and, and we can address this in, in a minute, but uh, one of the things, one of the ways that 
that you can be successful with a virtual assistant is number one, to look at this person not as just a uh, a contractor that you're going to throw off work that Absolutely. you can't stand, right? Nice. This is a person you want to grow with you in your business and you let them know that they are valued, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you're paying, if it's not a UK or a US virtual assistant, it's somebody who is charging less. Um, in the Philippines, for example, uh, there are still ways to reward that person mm-hmm. without you know, even though you're paying only $4 an hour, there's a way to invest in that person. So they feel like they are going to be able to grow with your company. And the other thing that you mentioned was process. So you said, okay, so I realized I was doing the same thing over and over and over, you know, and I could get someone else to do this. And that is key. So, you know, I think the biggest pushbacks that I hear when it comes to hiring a virtual assistant is people say, well, look, First, it was the money thing, which we've already addressed. The second yeah. one is um, is people say, look, I don't even know what I'm doing on any given day. If we're being honest, we all, as entrepreneurs, I, I mean, everybody's guilty of that. At least some of the time you come to the office, you don't really know yeah. exactly what you're going to be working on that day, right? Like we're not all super organized all the time. So it's like, I don't even know, how am I going to supervise someone else and manage them when I can barely like manage myself? Like, yeah. and then the idea is, well, if I have to do all that, I might as well just do it myself. And that is, and that's understandable, right? Because it's a lot of stress to think somebody else is is relying on you for direction. And it's kind of annoying. And I've had a VA, I had a VA once who was very, very good, but constantly, even with proper onboarding was constantly like bugging me with, because couldn't like, couldn't make a decision. And at that point I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is not actually an ideal situation. So what we have to do is turn these processes, turn things into a process and then onboard them. And do you want me to tell you how I do that? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so this, this answers that, that challenge. Every single thing we do in our business, whether it is creating a Canva image or mm-hmm. whether it's um, how we send an email or how we put things in a Google Drive folder and, and what our naming conventions are, whatever yeah. it is that you do every day. I like to use a tool called Loom, and I'm sure you've talked about this with your audience before, but Loom Video, that's mm-hmm. L as in Larry, O-O-M as in Mary, um, Loom Video, just Google yeah. it. And they have a free version, which is more than enough. And it allows you to just click a button and record your screen. And I, I still do this to this day. I talk to myself as I'm doing things. Yeah. I just click the button and I say, oh, oh, I'm getting ready to set up Google Analytics or I'm getting ready to set up this pipeline or this funnel or whatever. And I'm going to go ahead and click record and just talk my way through it. And I say, this, yeah. is what, this is what I'm doing now. And this is what I'm doing next. Now I have a video. I have a training uh, for whomever, uh, is, yeah. is, you know, whether it's a, a potential new person or somebody down the road that will be re- replacing my existing person. And I just stick all these trainings onto a Trello board by content topic. Okay. Um, and so you could also just stick it all on a Google doc. It doesn't matter. You just need to catch all for these trainings. I like Trello because in the hiring process or onboarding process, things are really nicely organized. So you could say, start here. Yes. And then you have the columns and then they can, they can move through the columns uh, in, in an orderly fashion. But this sort of helps. So th- for the first full week, when you hire a VA, there's at least a week's worth of training that they can do before they ever actually even do anything. Yeah. 
Okay, so great. Once you have spent the time in terms of giving them the training, recording your videos, which I have to say I did as well, and it's really easy because like, sorry, just to go back to a point before actually, we were talking about you know, you talk about, I haven't got time to bring on a VA. I haven't got time to train them. I haven't got time to manage people. But the truth of the matter is you're doing it anyway. And actually just to hit record as you're doing it. And honestly, the videos I've recorded must've been hilarious because I literally, I'm just wittering onto myself and I'm going, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh no, I meant to do this or whatever it was. So I'm just completely normal. It's just my voice and my screen and I just recorded those videos. And then like you said, you've got them then. So if it didn't work out with who you have, you can then just show them the videos again. So is that is that part of your onboarding process or is that once they've started? The videos? Sorry, yeah. No, not onboarding process. Is that part of your recruitment process or have, they, have you already brought them on at that point? Uh, that's a really good question because actually part of my hiring system uh, involves bringing them on to a Trello board before they're actually even hired. And then there's a trial period. And so do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. So first of all, when I place the ad, you know, so when we were talking earlier about the whole sort of mindset in terms of not thinking about this person as just sort of like, you know, a laborer or like just, just, you know, somebody who's, who's doing tasks for you, but to think about somebody who could, who's going to grow with your business. Well, I say that from the start, right? Because yeah. like, maybe you can't afford to pay them a lot right now. And, uh, and so you go to the Philippines and, you know, they're, they're advertising that they're asking four to $6 an hour, let's say, mm-hmm. um, in the post, what you could say, what I say is, uh, I say, I'm looking for a person who can do this and this and this. Uh, I'm not looking for, I don't remember, like a temporary person. I'm looking for someone who will grow with my business. And then the next thing I say is, if this sounds like something that you're interested in, then please complete the following tasks. And then I give a whole list of tasks that relate to that position. For example, uh, when I hired, uh, I ended up hiring a part-time graphic designer. I wanted somebody on board 20 hours a week because, you yeah. know, we do so many graphics all the time, right? From yeah. landing pages yeah. to social media posts, la, la, la. So I felt pretty confident I could give this person 20 hours worth of work. So I said, I have attached two documents and I just did it on like a Google Doc. I've attached two documents and I would like for them to look similar to this. And then I found three or four different examples of an aesthetic that I liked other people's Mm -hmm. brands. Okay. Didn't ask them to copy their brands. It was just sort of like, they all sort of had a similar, exactly. They all had sort of a similar style. And I was said, uh, please, please recreate these graphics in this style, turn it into a workbook, uh, turn it into a PDF, upload it onto a blog. I mean, I gave like, I gave six or seven steps of all the things that, that person would need to do. Then the final step was send this to this email with the subject line, Jen, here's your beautiful workbook. Mm -hmm. And in the first paragraph of the email, tell me why you're right for this position. Okay. So normally if I were to post, I need a graphic designer over on this website uh, in the Philippines, I would get 50 applications and 49 of them would be terrible. And I would spend five hours going through all these applications and sending emails and the back and forth and the back and forth. With my process, I get 
two applications or three applications that of people who followed the directions. And then I still will get, you know, 10 or 15 more of that, that they didn't. So I know immediately because in the thread of the email, I can just hit delete. I never have to open them up because they didn't follow directions in the two or three. I will tell you that I have had the problem of having such good applicants that I then go into the trial period. And whether I have one or I have three, I always do a trial. So then the next step is let's have an interview. So then we have a Skype interview. Okay. I I think it's a good idea to not have the camera on uh, Mm -hmm. because, you know, that puts them in an uncomfortable situation, especially like in in the States. Usually when I'm talking to someone in the Philippines, if I'm doing it at uh, 11 a.m. my time, it's 11 p.m. That's their time. They probably have kids in the background and stuff like that. So I always say no camera. And then I say, okay, if they, if they, if they seem like a person that's right for the job, I let them know this is a one week trial Mm -hmm. and uh, I will be sending over your assignments. And we make that clear. I have an agreement, a very, um, uh, you know, it's not going to hold up in the court of law, but it's just sort of a way of being on the same page with someone. So we have an agreement. I send over the agreement. I send over the, the, link to the Trello board. So now we're back to the recordings yeah. that we were just talking about. And, um, and so, so with the graphic designer, I actually had two graphic designers that were outstanding. Like the work they submitted was jaw dropping. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that like they were asking for $5 an hour and they were this good. So one of them, a speaking of interviews had a horrible interview in that she was so incredibly introverted that it was very, it was like, yes, I would ask a question. It was just like, yes, no, mm-hmm. yes, no. Right. Then the other person was very um, uh, charming and gave a great interview. So, yeah. okay. If I would have just gone at that point and didn't do the trial period, I would have gone with candidate number two with the charming personality, but here's what happened. So I give them the link to the Trello boards. They both get to the Trello boards and they've been, I've duplicated the Trello board and yeah. on each Trello board, it says, start here. And there's an introduction. Hi, my name's Jen. This is my company. This is what we're about. This is your first step. And then I tell them, I give them an assignment. And this is actually real work I needed done. Yeah, yeah. Because they are being paid for it. So I didn't give them the exact same work, but I gave them very parallel, similar work. What was so interesting is that the first candidate, the shy candidate, completed the work without any question to me uh, perfectly and in like no time flat. I expected right. it to take her, you know, a, a day. Uh, I don't know. It was maybe two hours. She had submitted not just one one sample, but several samples of for me to choose from, and they were yeah. all fantastic. Candidate number two. So then I gave candidate number one. She moved on to card assignment number two, assignment number three. They're all lined yeah. up there. Candidate number one took her all week long to move through the very first assignment. So literally the, yeah. the, the candidate that was really good did like, I don't know, 10 times more work in a week. Yeah. So it was so incredible to see this because I would have hired the other person mm-hmm. based on her interview, even though she did do good work. So that made it so easy. Thank you very much. Your one week trial is over. We are moving in another direction. So yeah. I kept that graphic designer for a couple of years. She's moved on. She, she took a full-time job somewhere, but she was outstanding. So this saves you so much trouble. Yeah. So you, you, you're, you only um, have to stay a little bit ahead of them. The other thing that you could do is if you're sort of like, oh, I don't really know, I don't really know what to give them is do what I call wish list training. So 
you know, let's say this was a, here's a perfect example. I, I was not using Google Analytics properly in my business. I didn't have all the things set up so that yeah. we could see, you know, which pages were getting the most hits and all that. So I found a good course on Google Analytics and uh, I purchased it and I put it on the Trello board with the login credentials and everything. And I asked my VA to watch it, learn it and do it. So, you know, your VAs can learn this stuff. You don't have to learn it. And uh, if that person leaves, then you've got the training there for for the the next person. Right. Yeah. And again, you know, it's investing in them as well, isn't it? By giving them the ability to learn those things and, and add more skills and more sort of, what's that saying? Bows to their feathers to their cap. That's what, is that a saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, strings uh, to their bow. That was what I was thinking. That one I've never heard before. I mixed the two yeah. together. But yeah, you know, you're, you're adding value to them. The other thing we do as well is we have team meetings, which is hilarious because you can imagine the time differences. So we've got UK people, we've got American people that are on the uh, East Coast, which is good that they're both on the east coast or near enough the east coast Mm -hmm. and then we've got Sophia is over in the Philippines so trying to fix a time that fits with all of us and you know what I am so very lucky they are so very accommodating in fact we have a call this week and the call is we normally do it around 11 or 12 so it's normally super early for the American people and getting on into the evening for Sophia. So, um, and then for the UK people, it's fine because it's smack bang in the middle of the day, which seems completely unfair. But obviously, it, that is literally the only time we can all get on the call. But it's things like that, isn't it? It's kind of, they're part of my team. And I want everyone to feel like that, whether they're doing just a few hours a month, a few hours a week, or whatever they're doing. And also, it's a new not new now, but it is a different way of working. I've worked in corporate forever. You worked in corporate. You know, we were employed. We had employees. But in businesses of our size, especially when you first start, people dream. And I did. I used to dream of having an office and a team. Not anymore. Like I could afford an office and a team. I don't want an office and a team. I like my virtual team. I like the fact that I've got people who are so good at what they do and they get paid well for what they do because they're skilled at it. But because I couldn't bring on someone full time at their skill level at an amount that was affordable because you can't. So you end up bringing on someone full time who is probably doesn't have the skill level that you're looking for, but they're like a jack of all trades. Whereas I'm not doing that. I'm going to very specific, really good people who can do really good things. So I really enjoy working with a virtual team and and definitely know this was down to how my business has grown. And if I didn't bring them on, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So, so yeah, but I think the bit about the recruitment is so key because like you said, you've got, especially if you're going to use an online site and it doesn't even have to be ones in the Philippines, even if you're looking at Upworks or Fiverr or whatever it is, you're going to be inundated with applicants. But I love the effort that you ask them to go through because like you said, you're going to have very few. Now, I did a really small version of this where, and it was a tip that James Wedborn mentioned because he's a huge advocate of bringing on VAs. And again, he's a massive advocate of, you know, you shouldn't, if you think you can't afford a VA, it's because you haven't got one. So you get one. So, um, but he recommended that in his, you ask something odd. Now, not odd as in weird, but as in, so mine was, what's your favorite meme or joke? So they would have had to have read it and given me that information. And I did exactly. 
same as yeah. you. I went through, if it hadn't got it in the response, delete, 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 you know, because if they can't read an instruction, anybody, anywhere, if they can't read what you've asked for, then that's not a great start, is it? You know, no, exactly. you understand the actual job they've asked for. So, right. So, and, and, and the other thing is, but is that this, this idea of team is like, just can't be stressed enough because even though you're not paying like a lot, um, there are other ways to, so the way, when I say grow with the company, there are ways when I first started out, I was like, look, if we hit this, if we hit this number of subscribers or if this many people purchase during our launch, you're going to get a big fat bonus because yeah. I want to reward. And that's, that's, you know, that gets us all excited, right? Like they're invested because they're yeah. going to get uh, a piece of your success. And that's what it means to grow with a company and also just thoughtful, you know, uh, sending a thoughtful gift or a thoughtful card. There's a service in the Philippines that allows you to send cakes and flowers and stuff specifically to your VAs. And, you know, I love doing that kind of stuff. And it, it means so much on the other, everybody wants to feel appreciated, you know? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's not always down to money at the end of the day. It's down to the fact of feeling part of something, feeling appreciated. And for me, I always joke, I was a great employee because I like being patted on the head. Me too. Being told I'd done a good job. Like, honestly, don't get me wrong, I earned good money, but it wasn't the money. I just liked being told, yes. oh, well done, Teresa, you've done a great job today. And that's Same. something I really struggle with as an entrepreneur because no one is doing that. No one's patting uh, me on the head. Teresa, you're doing a great job. Thanks. You're Thanks. doing and a you. great job. <laughs> You give you just, yourself a pay rise. <laughs> and you as well. I I'm can. done. Perfect. <laughs> but it's, but I just think if you're going to have people in the team and, and also there is an element of trust that you're giving them and that trust is built up more over time, right. but you're allowing them to go in and, you know, produce something on your behalf that if you haven't got that trust and you haven't got that team mentality, then you're just running yourself at risk a little bit, aren't you? So Yeah, that's probably the last phase is that when you get to the point, you know, there's the getting to know each other and then there's tasks and the, and, the, and the processes and the stuff that happens all the time. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, uh, I mean, not just on their part, on your part, and then it gets easier with the next people that come along. But that's when you say, okay, I'm going to allow you to create or to create content or to just give a little bit more creative freedom to, to people who are not you. And that's, that's scary because that's your brand and it's got, you know, so like just sending an email out, for example, without you proofing it, you know, things like that. It it takes time. um, But ultimately you want to get to that place because again, like that frees you up to do more of what you need to be doing. And when you look at like, I look at the team and how, how long they've all worked with me. And like I said, I bought on Katie when, after I'd downloaded your, your list and, and that was the, you know, nearing four years ago now. And she's been with me ever since. She's still with me. I have a call with her in a couple of days. You know, I've just messaged her on Slack and, you know, and she knows about my business and she's now at that point where literally if I go well, not so much on a holiday, but if I'm away, which I have been these last few weeks, Katie watches my emails. She responds. Sometimes she might even respond as me. Um, if mm-hmm. it's literally a noted or a yes or whatever. And sometimes she will respond as her saying she's on my emails or whatever. But again, that trust could have only have come from time and experience and her knowing how I deal with clients and how I deal with people. And, you know, and that's the whole idea. This isn't meant to be 
like you said, let's bring someone in, give them the worst of the worst of the rubbish, get them to do something, not part of a team. They really need to be, for me, if you're going to get the most out of people, you really need to treat them as if the same way as I'd treat them if we all worked in an office together. And we've joked, you know, we have these team meetings. Like I said, we all get on Zoom, all in our various parts of the world. And it's like one day, one day, I'm going to be able to take you all to a real meeting in a real location. Yes. And the funny thing is like the guys from the Philippines and the, and the States are like, in the UK, we're in the UK. We're like, no, we don't want to Bali. stay here. Yeah, exactly. Let's go somewhere really cool. But couldn't you imagine like, honestly, yes. that fills me with so much excitement thinking that one day, you know, I want to be in a position to do that. I want to be in a position to say, Absolutely. do you know yes. what? We're having a team a team couple of days away. In fact, we, um, at the conference, there was a company there called Gravy and the guy who runs Gravy, Casey, who was just so lovely and is like my new BFF. He's, he's so, so nice. And he took his team to, where was it, Jen? Remind me. Cancun. Cancun to this hotel that cost like five, $6,000 a night or something. he said, and he took his team there. And again, imagine what as a team member, how you would feel if that was the case. It would just be amazing. amazing. Okay, so really quickly then, Jen, if someone sat there thinking, okay, yeah, I've listened to you two witter on for ages. And, you know, yeah, that's all good for you in your business and the size you are now, but I'm only little, I've only just started. What would you say to them to kind of spur them on or encourage them to, to think about taking the leap and going ahead and doing it? Okay, so I walk the talk. So when I started, I had less than a thousand people on my email list. I was not profitable. And I had to look at this the way that you would look at any other operating expense in your business. Do you want electricity? Do you want Wi-Fi? Do you want running water? This is how you have to think of it. Not like, and once you think of it as sort of like as a built-in must-have necessary cost of doing business, I think that will help you take the next step because you can only fool yourself for so long. You're just, you know, honestly, and if you're serious about growing your business, you you have to take this first step and you don't have to go straight from, you know, zero to a hundred, you know, you can start with a part-time person, but The time to start is today and you only need to record those videos for about a week, like have a week's worth of those videos and you are good to go. The other thing is it kind of forces you to get yourself in order. Like if you start thinking like, well, I'm going to have to start sharing files with someone. Well, that's going to make you go into your Dropbox and start cleaning things up. Right. So, um, so it's going to benefit you in ways you might not even expect. So was that convincing enough, Teresa? Honestly, I, do you know what? I love that because you're so right. Like I never in the beginning viewed a VA or a team member as a basic cost. And I do now. So whenever I work out, what, which we try and do fairly regularly, you know, what are we spending in the business? Because like you said, especially with an online business, all the systems, all the processes, all the subscriptions the memberships we're part of, I can't even tell you, it Mm -hmm. adds up to a lot of money. So we go through really regularly. Also, because I have clients, some of the team are directly related to clients, Mm -hmm. i.e. they do work for clients. So now there are people in the team that are not client related at all. And that's where the majority of our income comes from. But they are so vital in the business now, they're not seen as a 
they're not seen as a kind of add-on. They are literally, like you said, Wi-Fi, electricity, a computer, you know, all the things that you've got to have. I think that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, I love and the it. other, and also I think psychologically something happens when you do this because you realize you're like, okay, like I am a real, I am a real business. I am a real business owner and you have to step into that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it might force you to step into that role a little faster, you know, that, that you're done playing small. It's, it's a message to yourself. Like I'm, I'm done playing small. Like I'm serious about my business and, and this is what I'm going to do. And it's scary, but it's exciting. And when you said there's loads of other benefits, that that one in particular was a really good one for me because when I first started, everybody could get hold of me. It was my phone number, my email. They could literally pick up the phone and talk to me now. And and it had to change because I was getting too busy. I was doing too many things. I was away. I was speaking. I was training. I was now doing podcasts or whatever. So we had to do it that and this sounds so egotistical, I always hate saying it, but I had to become a bit more exclusive. I had to become a little bit at arm's reach mm-hmm. because I didn't want, because I work really hard to be good at what I do, that I didn't want to think that people could just phone me up and pick my brain, which is what I'd had for some time. So bringing on Katie, and it was actually Katie's idea, not mine, because again, the other thing is they've had experience working with loads of different people, doing loads of different processes, Uh so they can add to your business, you know, in some ways that you may not expect. And it was Katie who actually said to me, we need to stop this. They need to come via me now. And they do. So any contact form on my website, on either of the sites, um, social media, you might get me responding if it's my social media, but it might take me a while because mm-hmm. I'm not as quick as I need to be on those. But any emails coming in, anything like that, it all goes to Katie. And then Katie and I will speak and she'll say, right, I've got this. What do you want me to do with it? And I'll go, yeah, book them in for a call. You know, no, we can't do that at the moment or whatever. But it just, it made a big difference to me. And not only how I saw myself, at, like you said, stepping up to kind of that CEO role, but also how other people started to see me. And, you know, we even had some comments in the early days and it's something you've got to be comfortable with that literally people are like, oh, so I cannot talk to you direct now. And it's like, if you're a client, yeah, of course you can, you know, but actually, no, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, it's like, I can't fill my day with stuff like that when I've got so much to do. So, and also, you know, when she would send out the diary link and there are very specific slots when I will do, so if someone wants to come and work with me, they get a free 30 minute call and I'll get on the phone, listen to what they need help with. And then we'll come to a sort of next step at the end of that call. And um, so we would send out the diary link and they'd look at my diary and it would be pretty busy. So they may not be able to get in. And this is probably still the case for a week or so at least for a call. And they'd be like, oh, looking at this, I don't think I can afford you. Which again, isn't that funny? The perception that process has on people, the mm-hmm. having someone else in the team, it makes a big difference. So It does. So Jen, obviously I'm going to link up to everything in the show notes, but if someone is particularly interested in this next step and they haven't got, you know, the faintest idea where to start, what have you got to help them with this process? So uh, the first thing that I would recommend is, um, because it's really like, it's a stinking ridiculous value and I, I really probably need to change it, but I do have a course. It's not even a course. It's a one hour workshop. I think it's like $27. I'm going to be redoing it and charging more, but the course is the best thing about the course is that not only do I show you like 
all the tools that I use step-by-step, like they're really short, like, like two and three minute long videos. And, but it's the, it's the, uh, the resource guide that comes with it and the workbook that comes with it, because I've got like the agreement, the template, um, and all that. And then I've got a podcast episode, but it's pretty much what you and I talked about today. Mm -hmm. And I've got a blog post. So between those three things, um, we will link up to all those things in the show notes. So just head along to TeresaHeathRowing.com forward slash 62. The numbers, not the words. Jen, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so lovely to chat with you. We get to hook up very rarely because we are literally on the other sides of the world. But it was amazing spending some time with you at the Kajabi Summit. And I look forward to spending more time with you in the future. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great to have you. Uh, thank you so much, Teresa. This was so much fun. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. I love chatting to Jen. She's such a smart woman. She does a lot of great content. So do go and check her out because you will learn lots from her. I know you will. At this point in time, I have no idea what next week's episode is going to be. Gosh, do I sound really unprofessional? Anyway, I promise you I will be working it out very quickly and getting back into batching content and getting organized because as I've said, it's been a really busy few months and I'm very much looking forward to becoming a organized machine, which I love. So until next week, have a wonderful week and I will see you then. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 